Papa Gundam style, and welcome to a new episode of Wow, Cool Robot. Uh, I'm Dan. I'm Yuria. I'm Max. Um, this isn't G-Witch this week because um, <laughs> Sunrise said no. Sunrise says you get a fucking uh, recap episode we're not going to even show on Crunchyroll. So we're doing this this week. Um, All right. And hopefully by the time this episode is posted, which will be like a day after we record it, I'll have edited the show art because I completely forgot to do that for like the three past mobile suits that we've had that have like been the main mobile suit each week. Uh, you keep getting new versions of Build Strike. You know, Dan, it's almost as if they keep on wanting us to buy new toys of it. In a Gundam show? No. No. It's simply not possible. Um, the latest one is pretty pretty fucking cool though you get anything with a kind of like giant glowy effects on it and i'm gonna i'm gonna smile and nod um this show is progressing at a really cool rate in that like not even the halfway point of the show like the world tournament begins so i gotta wonder like how this is gonna be paced for the rest of the uh well like 13 or so episodes of this i'm intrigued i think it's just a straight up 25 we're getting so yeah yeah i looked uh I looked when I realized we were halfway through the show, uh, and it is uh, 25. Damn. We'll see, but I'm fairly, really enjoying it. Um, I, I like the way they're changing things up. I like just being able to see more more gunpla, more fighting, more everything, really. Um, so let's say we get into it. I believe, uh, Dan, you have the summary for this first episode. Yes. Uh, let me pop open what I wrote up. Uh, episode 10. The world tournament begins. The world gets the news that the previous Gunpla champion, Carlos Caesar, was eliminated from the regionals by a teenage girl. We then cut to Reiji, practicing himself to the point of exhaustion with Sei's new Gunpla. Uh, the, next, the next day comes, and it's the day before the world tournament. Kirara, who is providing TV commentary, explains that the current phase involves subjecting the 80 regional w- winners to a series of challenges that will earn them points, and the top 16 fighters will get to take part in the tournament proper. Say and Reiji get a ride from Mr. Rawl to the hotel they'll be staying at for the tournament, but not before China is able to give them Haro-shaped good luck charms. Uh, that night, Say and Reiji are to attend a fancy party, but Reiji decides to skip it. Say is nervous being on his own, but soon runs into Mao, who is still wearing his hat, and Ricardo Fellini, who has he has actually never met in person. Uh, also in attendance are Kirara and Luang Dalara, the world champion veteran from Thailand. Or, sorry, world tournament veteran from uh, Thailand. Uh, elsewhere in the city, Reiji is trying to hit up all the places that eat to eat recommended to him by Mr. Rawl, but nearly all of them are sold out. Eventually, he finds the one place that still has stacks in stock. Uh, a meat bun place with a single bun left. But he's got competition. Isla is out on the town, having stocked up on sold-out snacks, and has tried to get her hands on the last meat bun. They fight over it, leading to Reiji chasing Isla, but in their struggle, the meat bun falls out of their hands and into the river. Isla is then forcibly picked up by her security, who says she shouldn't be out at all, actually. Reiji eventually gets back to his hotel room, uh, but evidently far too late at night. The next day comes, and the Gunpla Battle World Tournament is now having its first official matches. We see our heroes take part in a variety of battles, 
accommodating in Say and Reiji's first match, which they're late to. The match begins and we see Say's new model of Build Strike, the Star Build Strike, which has some cool new abilities like a shield that absorbs some beams, that absorbs beams, and uh, the ability to generate, you know, like this uh, powerful beam jet thing. They win their first match! After the credits, Say and Reiji talk about their gunpla with Mao and Fellini, but are in interrupted when they see uh, the PPSE representative walk onto the stage, the Meijin Kawaguchi, who Say and Reiji recognize as the upperclassman who went missing, Yuki. I keep on wanting to call him Yuki Judai, but that's different. That's a different show. Mm -hmm. They should let Gundams play Yu-Gi-Oh, though. I would like that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, That'll be mm -hmm. a Gacha game, probably. God, yeah, that would. Is, doesn't it suck that... I mean, I might be speaking for myself, because I just don't really enjoy Gachas, but I always get really bummed when they announce like a new game for a product, and it's just like a Gacha game. Yeah. yeah. I like, feel like a lot of people were disappointed by the near game that became another mobile game. Right, yeah. Like I, I, I th it, this just happened with Monster Hunter. Um, the same developers of is it Pokemon Masters? I think it's Pokemon Masters. No, it's not. That's DNA. Um, a different some like Nintendo mobile game. Um, the devs of that are going to be developing a Monster Hunter mobile game, and I'm like, that sounds really cool. Then I remember the last Monster Hunter mobile game was a Gotcha game, and I'm just like, oh, it's probably not going to be that cool. That reminds me of something very strange, which is. Uh, there is an Asian-only, as in mm -hmm. only sold in Asian countries, uh, uh, gotcha game for the Fallout series called what? Fallout Shelter Online. Uh, it seems to mostly draw from Fallout 4, but it's got, it's also got a bunch of Fallout 3 stuff. And also there's, like, crossover characters from, uh, from, uh, Elder Scrolls Online and, uh, Doom Eternal. Shit, uh, okay, I remember Fallout Shelter. Yeah. So I guess this is just like a kind of yeah. This certainly does look like a very different kind of like gotchified version of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that's the one that has like the really good art of some of the Fallout Four characters, like Nick. Yeah. Looking, yeah. Like, yeah. This art. Holy shit! This art's really good. Like yeah, it's, Nick looks it's wild. more like less damage than he does in the game, which is uh -huh. really neat. Oh, I like the art of dog meat. Very nice. Mm. Um. And also, I fucking like every Gundam mobile game is gotcha too, which is just like, I played like the Gundam Breaker mobile for like a day, and I was like, this is cool, I'm gonna uninstall it though, because I'm not gonna want to spend money to get fucking comfort parts, whatever. Yeah, I I uninstalled it because my phone couldn't handle it. I really yeah, that too, it's always just, that's a lot of space I could have for photos of my dog instead. That is a <laughs> pretty a good phone. thing. I need to get a new phone eventually because like, Really like to just use my phone to photograph guns and my god, this camera sucks. Oh bummer. Um so this one starts out, we kind of get like that same plot point reiterated of the entire world is shocked the world champion lost to a girl and like no one knows who the fuck she is. Um so just you know, moving from that, we get the opening, it's always really, really good. Uh we see Say and Reiji have like nearly passed out from training so hard. But yeah, that just means they're really, really good now. They got a power boost. Mm -hmm. uh, and and like you mentioned the summary we see Karara on TV she's like the brand ambassador basically uh, yeah. for the Gunplow tournament that rules I'm so glad that she like continues to be a character mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who loves uh, Fellini so much yeah I, I I'm happy for her I I, uh, I really love 
her this like little presentation she gives. Yeah, uh, it's so cute. Uh, she she announces that in Shizuoka, uh, more than eighty gunpla fighters from like seventy something countries around the world will gather uh, for the final tournament. There will be individual team and endurance matches, and the top sixteen winners uh, go to the final tournament. So it's on this kind of like island tournament tourney thing. There's like a dormitory there. There's like a little park. It's like a whole complex, like kind of offshore. Um, it, you know, I've been thinking. I think spiritually. Uh, Gundam Build Fighters is the sequel to G Gundam. I think you are absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only like we see suits from G Gundam, but yeah, no, it very much is world tournament fighters around the world. They all have cool themes. The only difference here is that instead of most of those things being racist, they're just cool different Gundams. Mm-hmm. I... Yeah, it's more like a popularity contest in each of the countries. Representing yeah. Instead. Mm-hmm. But again, I really do like when we see the kind of like less popular deep cut suits, like, you know, these like very specific varieties of gym or just like random grunts from like different parts of the series that like no one even thinks about. It's nice mm-hmm. byproduct. Um, so we see the boys off. Ral's going to drive them there and like Rinko's saying goodbye and Sheena runs up and she gives them each a kind of like hand stitch Haro. Uh, Say gets a green one and Reiji gets a red one. It's cute. It's sweet. I want yeah. one too. I, I'm selling these on my Etsy store. Yeah, oh yeah please. Um, and and we cut to the island where like Rawl is dropping them off, and he like salutes the boys. He says, "May you two survive." And like say also does like a very stiff military salute to that. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I I've been watching uh, Mobile Suit Gundam on and off, and uh-huh. uh, I love how at the end of like every PV it says, "Will you be able to survive?" Oh, the, Zeta Gundam does it even better in that at the end of all those, it's, you will see the tears of time. Oh, that's good. It's so fucking choice. Zeta Gu- Zeta's on Gundam Info on YouTube. No one has any dis- uh, reason not to watch it now. It's stupidly good. Yeah. As General Ironicus pointed out, especially the Earth episodes. Yeah. God, Zeta, when Zeta hits, it hits harder than, like, I think any other Gundam show that I've seen, at least. It's so cool. The The designs are so cool. Jared Mesa is literally my favorite Gundam character. Can't go wrong. My favorite Gundam character that gets thrown off a mountain. He gets Judo thrown off Mount Kilimanjaro, and it's pivotal to is his character development. And that's not what fucking... He doesn't die from that, because he's my favorite <laughs> little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they are, they're in their dorm rooms, and... Say is getting dressed in like a formal suit because they have to attend this kind of like banquet reception dinner. Uh, Reiji says fuck that and sneaks out the window. So Say has to go all by himself. And he is he is so out of his depth here. Like there's no chaperones or anything. He shows up and like Mao comes and says hi to him. Mao is wearing like an all red suit with his same like yellow bucket hat. He looks like a movie usher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a. <laughs> I'm so glad he kept the hat. And also, I love realizing that Say has never actually met Ricardo Fellini in person. Yes, that that bit's so funny. Like, you know, we, we see a bunch of characters that we'll meet later. Like, they, they make a lot of mention of Luang Delara because he's going to be, like, an opponent in the next set of episodes. Um, and we see Fellini, the Italian dandy. And, yeah, like, Fellini knows Say because he spars so much with Reiji. And he, like, kind of knows Mao because he kind of knows Mao's master. Um... And then Kirara yeah. shows up. It threw me off a bit, too, because, like, oh, shit, that's right. Say never met Fellini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like a Six Degrees type situation. 
And, like, I guess Reiji literally never mentioned it. Like, he's like, oh, I'm training with some strong guy. Not, I'm training with the strongest gunpla fighter in Italy. <laughs> um, but Fellini sees Carrara, and he starts immediately putting the moves on her. He is so charming. He, like, walks off with his hand around her shoulder. Like, this guy, uh-uh, no way. <laughs> uh, we see also, like, or, you know, somewhere else in there, we see Isla's handler. And, of course, she is not in her room. Um... And then my notes are, I wonder if she'll show up with Reiji. <laughs> and then cut to Isla shows up with Reiji. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, they're having a little fight over, over meat buns. Uh, mm-hmm. Better be a goddamn good meat bun for doing all this trouble. Meat like, buns can be good. They can be damn good. I, um, I helped some of my wife's friends move into their apartment a couple weeks ago in Baltimore. And we got uh, food from this place called Ekiben. Mm-hmm. Which was I? It's like I, I. It was Ethiopian something fusion. It was crazy. It was like a lot of different things, but it was basically like a fried chicken sandwich with this really good like cilantro hot sauce, and the bread was bao bun. Like it was a lot of different things all at once. And whenever I think of meat buns, I just think of that really good bao chicken spicy sandwich. Mm-hmm. It was damn mm-hmm. good. Um, but anyway, yeah, like Reiji is is trying to buy all of these. Uh, Try, he, like, Raul gave him a list of all the foods he needs to try, and of course, they're all being sold out, and he goes to the meat bun place, and, and Isla takes the last one when, like, fireworks distract them both. Um, and we, we do cut a little bit uh, back to the banquet, where Ricardo is drunk as fuck. Like, this guy, he is hammered, and he's, like, gushing to Carrara about the 8th MST bonus video. <laughs> it's so funny. I love this bit. Fellini rules. Finally, a man after my own heart. Yeah. Mal is just like, Mal and Say are watching, and they're both like, I'm disillusioned now. This guy's not cool at all. Honestly, though, I mean, like, gushing about Gunpla, yeah, relatable, I guess. Uh, and, and back in the B plot, Reiji's like chasing Isla around. She does like some crazy parkour shit to run off with the bun. And like, Reiji's just like, what the, f- how the fuck did she do that? Like, she like jumps off like the balcony and like lands on an escalator and like does like this wild like spin around a supporting pillar um and she's at like the water's edge later and she's about to enjoy her meat bun and then like Reiji grabs her wrist and in the struggle the the bow bun it it, it bounces off the ledge and lands in the water and it's the saddest thing i've ever seen in gundam mm-hmm. i wanted that bun it be a really <laughs> goddamn good meat bun the entire tr- most tragic thing in all of gundam history uh-huh yeah no not no, nothing sadder Ramba, Ramba Rao's death Fucking no, uh, cannot relate. Oh, he's alive now. He's yeah, exactly. He's alive. Yeah, we, <laughs> he got better. He got Isakai, Remember? <laughs> he got better. <laughs> A world with infinite meat buns. Um, and she eventually her handler's car pulls up, and she just like silently runs off. And the her handler's like, "Who the fuck was that?" And she's like, "I have no earthly idea." Um, and then Reiji comes back to the hotel room, and Say is really, really pissed, and Reiji's like. Not even giving say some Odin stew can make this right. Very sad. If someone like if I was mad at someone and they walked up and handed me a big thing of Odin stew, I'd be, you know what? We're square. I will eat this happily. Um and then we cut to the next day. It's the day of the tournament, and we see uh Ricardo, who is dreadfully hungover. And I'm honestly kind of surprised they put this in the show. Like, it's a much more children's gunpla show or gundam show. But, like, having a character, like, be drunk and hungover for, like, half of the entire episode is a little surprising that they were allowed to do that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least, like, he's a fun drunk. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, he's not lecherous, which I was really, 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 really worried about. Yeah, he is lecherous he gets... as a personality type, but not in that scene. No, yeah. when, he's, when he's drunk, the true personality gets brought out, and he's a complete nerd. Yeah, yeah. this is it's just, better this way. He's just talking about how good the animation was on an OVA. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you seen Gundam OVAs? <laughs> they, they, they put the money in it. Um... We we see a, a a four way fight. So so the first round is like four way fights, and then like the winner gets the four points if you defeat all everyone. Uh, so we see a, a Jin, a Cobra Gundam from G Gundam, a some sort of cool Gelgu with like this like interesting flight skirt attached to it, uh, and I think a Bergagiros. And yeah, that, I think that was the one that reminded me a bit of Hello uh, Zeong. Honestly, I think that was it. It yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit. And the winner is the guy piling this Gelgoog, who is Rainer Silmar. Silmar. I guess so. I guess it would just be Silmar. Anyway, Rainer Silmar. He is the German representative. Um, not his Gundam doesn't have anything ninja-y about it, unfortunately. So G Gundam lied to me as usual. But he wins. He gets four points, and he moves on. Um, we see Luang Delara winning his match in his Abagorbine. Which just has a, a whole fucking mess of missiles. This thing rules. That is the loudest this train has ever been. My goodness. That was like a fucking blip on my waveform. And it's still going. It's like it knows every time I record. Um, we, we, the next is the seventh match. Um, it's Isla's turn to do her thing. And she's kind of you. She's floating there in her cubelay. Um, we see the O, which is like my second favorite Zeta suit, and I, like, hooted and hollered and clapped like a train seal on the scene when that giant yellow corn ship showed up on screen. Um, I don't even care who the other two suits are. I do not didn't even write them down because I just, like, kind of blacked out whenever I saw the O. And no one cares for this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're instantly destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the whole thing with the Cubelay, as many know, is it has funnels. And it's kind of like the first uh, mobile suit to have... Like, not bits or incomes, but, like, straight up, like, what becomes the understood concept of funnels in Gundam. Mm-hmm. And she very clearly fires off funnels, but you can't see them, uh, interestingly enough. And, like, she, like, wins literally without even moving. So something's up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. she does it. It's that Dragon Ball Z joke of moving too fast that the audience can't see it. <laughs> right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she oh. she does win. Also, a fun fact, uh, hmm. I have an SD of the Cubley. I need to go to high grade of it. The SD also has little fin funnels, shockingly enough. I, I I also have that SD, and yeah, the sculpt on the tail is really, is like very, very detailed for what it is. Yeah, um, like it's it really needs the stickers because it's almost like completely white, but it yeah. is a very nice little SD kit. Yeah, I, it's just, I the Cubley is like, one of the best. Like, it is just an unbeatable design in my eyes. It's so yes. funky. Um, I don't really like um, the head that the Cubelay Papillon has. Like, I think the original Cubelay's weird, like, xenomorph-looking head was a lot more cool to me. Yeah. Uh, I'll take what I can get, though, because the color scheme is also pretty good. Again, not as simple as that nice white and pink, but still, Cubelay Papillon is good in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we cut to Sane Raiji's match, which they're next. Um, they arrive 10 seconds before the match begins. And I guess they were either working on it or training or more likely they just like fell asleep and forgot to set an alarm. So they make it just in time and they set the star build strike, which looks exactly like the build strike did. Mm-hmm. It, lo- it looks the same, but it's different. 
quote, yeah. uh, one Mao. Yeah, <laughs> he knows, he can tell. Um, we, we begin, we see a Zaku F2000, which I was kind of excited about, because, like, that was the one that premiered in the original Gunpla show. Mm. Um, but it's, like, painted green and yellow, I think, instead of um, purple. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah fun. it's really fun seeing, like, they're all the like there's gonna be a lot of zaku so they're putting on all the variations yeah. yeah it fires a complete truckload of missiles and they destroy uh some seed gundam it's like either blitz or buster or calamity i really couldn't tell because it's a different color scheme and it was like dark and they're in space um it fires at them and the shield like diffuses or absorbs the beam like entirely it's as if like they didn't even get hit at all so that's a very interesting little artifact they have um, uh, I'm looking up the wiki. It says dual Gundam. Hmm. Interesting. That looks because that's a seed Gundam. Hmm. I just hmm. want to say I'm looking at the AMX 004 Cubelay for the first time. And Do you like it? Spiritually, it reminds me of Frieza and Mewtwo. Yes, absolutely. It, it very much like, is the very sleek shapes. Uh huh. Weird, uh, but weird also very bulky at the same time. It's those shoulders. Those shoulders do so much. Like the shoulders and the gigantic, like pointed toes, do so much for the silhouette of it. Yeah. Oh God, I love the Cubelay so much. Uh, and we also see a shout out to me loving Double Zeta. We see a Game Alk, which is like one of the last things you ever see in Double Zeta. Just completely loaded with funnels and beams and all sorts of machinery, and it's just like blasting them. And again, they're just kind of like absorbing it with that shield somehow. Um. And the star build is ready and fully charged. So all of the kind of blue bits start to glow a transparent red. It gets wings of light, which is pretty uh, uh -huh. notable, I'd say. And it gets these kind of, it's like, like a hard to explain. It's like four three-pointed diamond looking things that kind of like hover. It like looks a little bit like a halo of some sort, kind of like flying behind it. Um... And as it flies, it's just, like, blasting out Plavsky particles and, like, destroying everything that it just flies by. It's very, very, very cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it'll get explained later on, but again, this is just a really cool, like, striking kind of thing to show out of the blue. The fact that, like, the only thing that's really different from it from before is, like, it has, like, the new gun and it has a new shield. And then, like, it does this shit. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. And apparently there's a kit that actually has these wings that, like, you can attach to it. And even has like the little like yellow plastic bits too, which is pretty cool. Unfortunately, I'm guessing it's a P Bandai thing. Ugh. Um, no, this no, this is just a really? regular uh, Star Build Plavsky wing. Uh, yeah, no, this is just a straight up normal thing you can buy. Um, wow, for twenty five bucks, that's kind of astounding for like an old high grade that they don't make anymore. I'm impressed. Looks cool though. Um. So anyway, they win, of course, and it's awesome, and everyone's flipping the hell out, and they're really, really excited, and then we get the credits. I've noticed this show really goes ham on the post-credit scenes, because, like, I think it was yeah. the second episode. The credits roll so early, and I was like, wait, what the hell? And, like, there's, like, a solid three minutes of footage after the credits roll. Yeah. It's like I'm watching a fucking Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Mal congratulates him on the win, and Fellini's like, ah, the final match. So we're going to see what PPSC is going to bring to the table here. And uh, we hear we hear that telltale Spanish guitar, and then we see Mason Kawaguchi is the pilot of PPSC, but Sei and Reiji, of course, are like, hang on, that's our good friend Tatsuya Yuki, who disappeared. What's going on? And that's episode. Yeah. I liked it. It's good. It's good, good setup. It's, it's good kind of like, you know, 
setting the stakes for what's going to be happening next. Um, next one gets even better, I think. Yeah, it was a nice blend of setting the stage for the World Tournament and then a whole lot of action. Yes, and we're getting even more with episode 11. <laughs> Battle Royale, like from fucking Fortnite. Uh, the legend is revived. The third Majin, Kawaguchi, takes to the battlefield and soundly defeats his opponent in the comp for Amazing. Despite wearing such a foolproof disguise as Wraparound Shades, Sei and Reiji still recognize him as Tatsuya Yuki. They chase him down after his match and confirm that it is indeed Yuki when he shows them when he shows the boys his face, although he claims to never have been Yuki. He is only Majin Kawaguchi. After another night where Reiji awkwardly meets up with Ayla, once again trying to escape from her handlers, everyone gathers for the next round of the tournament, a battle royale where the entire planet is the battlefield. Dolores Abagorbine immediately attacks Reiji and Mao, and retreats after he figures out the secret of the Star Build Strikes shield. Down on Earth, Fellini faces the German competitor Sommer piloting a massive Gao bomber, carrying several competitors all angling to defeat Fellini for stealing their girlfriends in the past. As the battle rages on, we finally see the chairman of PPSC Works, some schmuck named Mashita, who is shocked to realize Reiji is taking part in this competition since he somehow knows Reiji's from another world. Finally, Mao and Reiji arrive to help Fellini take down the Gao, but after it crashes, a monolithic Zaku rises from the flames. Oh, this episode kicked ass. Yes. This is so good. This show, this show rips. Like, there is, there's a lot in play here. First of all, the fact that, yes, different size gun plus scan in with their respective size in the world is just, like, absolutely delightful to me. Um, and answer this question, what about different size, like, different grades? And the answer is yeah. that it's kind of, like, they exist in, well, we've already seen they do exist in, like, the family store and stuff, but to see mm. that in a what happens in action. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have someone someone scanning in a master grade F91 and someone scanning in a high grade Sazabi, like you won't be able to tell which is which. So one of those is real small, one of those is real big. Uh just imagine the unfair advantage you have with a Verka. Right? It's a, all of the little like red etching decals give you such a tactical edge. I wanna I wanna imagine someone scanning in like a um like a clear color suit or like if you shell out for the, the shell out an extra fifty bucks for the P Bandai titanium finish, if you have like a more resilient product in the end, mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's very clearly becoming pay to win. Very sad. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, Gaming has caught up to Gunpla. <clears throat> oh no. <laughs> um, we get the, the kind of backstory that I, I believe I mentioned last week with like who the real life Mason Kabaguchi actually is. Um. And apparently the backstory is kind of the same in the show where it was a name given to a man who was a god at building Gundam, a veritable master, which is why he got the title Majin. Um, of course, Wait, the Majin Kawaguchi is a real thing? Uh, ma yeah, so um, hold on, let me find it. So I think I want I, I might not have said the last thing. Anyway, there's a guy named Katsumi Kawaguchi who is the director of and director of oh, promotion marketing of Gundam. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yep. And his nickname right, is Majin because right. he's just... I, I thought you meant, like, the title was real. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's like, the, the title is based on the real guy's, like, nickname, which I guess kind of became his title, too. It's cool. Um, We get more just awesome Spanish guitar. I love it. Um, We get the full reveal of the comp for Amazing. It's nice. It's it's nice and tactical. I really mm -hmm. like the navy and, like, the little bit of white color scheme on it. Um, he He's fighting an F-91 that I want to say is Titans colored. Because it's again that like dark blue and yellow, which I love. Um, some variant of gym. It might be the cold districts gym, but I might also be thinking that because they're fighting in like an ice field. Um, 
some grunt suit from Double O and just untouchable. Kawaguchi wins like by a landslide here, just obliterates everything else. Mm-hmm. I really like Alan after that match. Um, he says, Masani perfect. But like he enunciates perfect, like almost like exactly how you, like someone speaking English would say it. Like usually they would just say like perfecto or something, but like it's an it 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 completely threw me off. Just like Masani perfect. It was funny. I like Alan. He's like a funny game character. announcer. Just yeah, say, yeah, perfect. Um, saying Reiji like Hall asked to go find Yuki to find out if he really is Yuki because he's going by Kawaguchi now. Um, despite knowing like everything about Yuki's life, he says shit like, "I was never the president of the modeling club and class president. I was never Tatsuya Yuki. I'm not him." And they're like, "Wow, you sure know a lot about him for a guy who claims not to be him." Uh, <laughs> and I've never betrayed anyone in my life. Yeah. <laughs> he takes his glasses off and shows them mm, Tatsuya Yuki's face, and says, "Was like, yeah, that's him, all right." And Reiji has a shocked expression. Uh, this guy is so dramatic. I really love how he's just kind of like Edgelord Joker now. He's it's cool. Great. <laughs> just it's the wraparound chase. He went quattro mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh of course Say knows that like he's gonna have a tough fight up ahead now that PPSC is backing Kawaguchi. Um and, and again, like he explains to Reiji what Majin is. Is half a century ago, the legendary gunplot builder showed up. His work's made by the hand of God. So I guess Yuki is like the third person to get the Majin title. I don't know who the two ahead of him were, but um, Rambo Raw, we see in, like, this tiny little off-scene, apparently, like, knows about this, too, and he says something about, like, it's destiny that the boys will face each other, so I'm gonna imagine this comes up again, about, like, what right. the whole deal with Meijin is. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't mention, don't talk about the Meijin Kawaguchi hanging on the wall in the first act if you don't plan to take him off in the third. <laughs> um, let's see, um, we, we get a little scene where Alan tries to give Kawaguchi like upcoming info about the battle royale and he's like no i don't need a i don't need any any advantage just like sheer victory alone is what i strive for um he tells alan he doesn't really know why he revealed his face to say in reiji but after alan leaves he takes his trench coat off and the glasses and he's like oh it's tiring acting like the majin but i needed to show those boys my determination still don't really know what the hell his whole deal is but eh, mm-hmm. he's cool he's fun as long as he's here i'm happy yeah um let's see uh, say calls in china um mm-hmm. a nice little scene where he's just happy that he gets to fight kawaguchi he's like oh i can finally like have my gunpla pushed to its limit mm-hmm. he's uh, a nice boy yeah uh uh reiji uh runs into isla again uh and she's like hiding in the bushes uh she's like watching some men i think they're th- that's her security team looking for her. yeah it's her handler she's like she's sneaking out it's like a president's daughter type situation mm-hmm. right uh uh this uh uh Ray like oh what a nice smell but it's actually just she's got some meat buns and he's taking one from her right like it's he's like right behind her as he says hmm what a pleasant smell and he just takes the bun and like throws money at her that's like enough to buy four meat buns and she's like this is too much change um, but we just kind of immediately cut from that to the Battle Royale. They talk about how big the stage is, which is just basically like all of Earth. Like it actually yeah. is Earth. You see the countries and everything. Uh, seems a little bit large, but what do I know? Maybe it's like, maybe it's just like, I don't know, the crew. And it's just like a very oh, okay. Shit. 
Fuck, Dan, that would be such a good game uh, of the crew, but your Gundams and you could just go to space or go back to Earth and just fight shit. God, the crew is such a... Well, I almost said it was a good game. It's not really a good game, but it's a fun game. And sometimes uh, a fun game doesn't need to be good for it to be fun. Right. <laughs> um, and we, we, we begin the fight. Um, Mal immediately rolls up next to Reiji and is like, hey, we're buddies. Like, let's, you know, protect each other now so we can fight later. Uh, because only the top third will make it through. Like, the, the stage kind of ends when only one third of the players are surviving. Uh, there's no circle closing in on them, but, you know, it's just yeah. by elimination. Uh, the Abigorbine shows up. It, like, fires out two beam sabers, and it, like, slaps them together to form, like, a really cool beam Naginata. Or, I'm sorry, it's a scythe. It's not a Naginata. It is a beam scythe. It is radical as hell. I love this yeah. thing so much. This fucking swirling scythe. I I love the Abigorne. It's, uh, it's so it's it's just a big purple bug this is like a fucking a purple pikmin on the loose watch out and uh, he he's kind of beaten Reiji's ass a little bit isn't he yeah a bit a little bit um he he figures out the weak point of the shield pretty quickly when he like fires a beam at it and shoots missiles at the same time i guess he realizes oh it's really good for beams but like physical attacks just kind of like dent it and break it so that's probably going to be bad when they have to fight uh, a, a mobile suit that really doesn't use beams that I think is going to happen next time. We'll see. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so Delara backs off and we kind of pan down to Earth. We see a, a, a Dynamis uh, sniping an Ares and there's a blue frame there too. And Kawaguchi gets surrounded by a trio of Dom troopers. Not Doms, yeah. but I think they're the troopers from Seed. So it's like even worse than the Black Tri-Stars. Uh-huh. Um, but he kicks ass, like, he 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 pulls out, like, rapid-fire beam rifles, and it's like, it's like some Matrix-type shit. It's like a fucking shootout. Yeah, he goes fucking guns akimbo, mm-hmm. and just, like, guns, like, he guns, like, all three of them at once. It's so rad. God, give me a bit of so Strike Noir feel with it. A little bit, yeah. Which is a thumbs up in my book. I yeah. like Strike Noir. Mm-hmm. I really like, um... What I always think of from Iron Buttered Orphans is the um, Vidar, how it has like two beam pistols like in its front skirt armor it can take out and just start blasting. Uh, so we kind of like pan back into space after that. We see Isla, who once again just like completely nukes all of her opponents with invisible funnels. Like it even takes out, there's like a, a Endless Waltz heavy arms firing at her and like the funnels can shoot down like all of the bullets it's shooting at her and it gets destroyed too. Yeah, that looks like a, um not the endless waltz heavy arms, but like the because that was uh that one had like the mask and stuff. This was like the This weird... is oh it's the it's the OVA endless waltz heavy arms. Not the manga endless waltz heavy arms. God wing is so fucking confusing. Yeah. Cause I was just like it's got the Master Grade kit that's yeah. Waltz, but it's not the one that shows up in the OVA. right. Yeah, no, it's it's the blue heavy arms, not the red heavy arms. The one with like double twin uh, beam gatlings or just regular gatlings. A little bit, a uh, little bit overpowered, I guess. It's dead. That doesn't matter. Toki, I love your, I love your designs, <laughs> but it's so confusing with the Wing Gundam stuff. Ah. Yeah, Wing. It took me like we covered Wing on the show a while back, and it still took me like about that entire series runtime to figure out like all of the different versions of all the wing suits because there's like four or five for each, and there's like five different kinds of gunpla for each version too. Yeah, God, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, there's a fucking version of Toki of the Wing Gundam Zero Endless Waltz. 
it's you need a little bit more modifiers on on, on that name. Oh it's, god! It's everyone's lots of already. We we at Bandai are announcing our newest line of gunpla, the Verkaver cause. Um, we see Nils. He he's hiding. He's just chilling. Like he's like, why why even do anything? I'm just gonna like hide and survive until a third people remain. And honestly. That's Nils. That's why they introduced the fucking closing circle. So you can't just sit there and hide the whole time. Nils, don't be a camper. He's, he's being Rambo, like the first movie Rambo. He's hiding. Right. Yeah. He's surviving. He's being early Rambo. that gets in his way. Right, yeah. I love he just, just throwing his entire katana into the head of a mobile suit is radical. I love Nils. Um, and then, and then we cut to like this big desert field. Mm-hmm. Look, they gave the Wing Gundam Fenice a little fucking mo- like unicycle to ride. This thing <laughs> kicks ass. Yeah, <laughs> I I know they sold this thing separately too, which is like really goddamn funny to me. Like, the, I'm sorry, it is the Meteor Hopper. It's like a it is a unicycle. Um, it has one big wheel, and he kind of like rides it like um. Like, the, it's not riding, like, a moped or anything like that, because, like, the legs are back. You're kind of, like, laying down frontways on it. So it's, like, you're riding it like a sport bike, but it's just a unicycle, and it is the funniest fucking thing. As we just, like, cut to Fellini, like, like, like bumping across the field in this stupid little thing. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's, he's so cool. Uh, um, but uh, this is, like, interrupted when he sees, like, a god troop carrier. Yes, but... This is so wild to me. I guess, like, if it's, I look. So it's the Gao Troop carrier. It's like the thing from Double O Seven Nine. Like, it's it's old. It's it's from the original Gundam series. Is the German guy just piloting that instead of a gunpla? Is that allowed? I I guess it sounds like it because like Ricardo makes a comment about wow, it must have taken you a long time to build that, right? He's trying to, like, I guess do a reverse Garma, because he even at one point says, um, blame this on your own policy, uh, as he oh, opens God, the gal right. up. Yeah! <laughs> I love this show. This is such a fucking stupid show. He he opens the gal up and reveals, like, six or seven Gunpla, who are all competitors, who are all out for blood for Fellini, because, like, I guess Fellini stole all of those guys' as girlfriends, and they want him dead for it. I do appreciate him saying that his policy does is that he welcomes anyone that comes to yeah. him. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, and he gendered it too. Yeah, bisexual Ricardo Fellini confirmed. Yeah. Um so and and I think strikingly enough, I think every single one of the Gundams in here are all from the nineties. Uh like there's something from X and there's something from Wing and there's something from uh F91. It's like all 90 stuff, uh, funny enough, but um Oh, a lot of people our age would in fact be more into the 90s Gundams. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm an 80s Gundam type type guy. If if we're ranking them all by like decade, I think the 90s got a little bit too uh, like head and chest Julie for my tastes. Only 90s Gunpla fans remember. Any Gunpla fan born after 1993 knows <laughs> Eat gunpla runners and lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he's getting surrounded and attacked, uh, Reiji comes in and starts helping shoot him down. And um, we see the chairman, uh, Chairman Machita of PPSC. He's 
this guy, he doesn't really seem all there. He's very, like, just, like, unconcerned and just kind of, like, bumbles around and doesn't really, like, know or care about Gunpla itself. But, um, he's here to watch Kawaguchi fight because, you know, of course, Kawaguchi's his head fighter. And he sees Reiji and drops his wine and it, like, comedy spills right into his crotch. And this guy knows Reiji's from a different world. Uh-huh. The plot thickens a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. At first, I thought he was meant to be Tem Ray, Amuro's dad, because he has, like, a similar hair and a similar gaunt face, but he doesn't have the glasses, and I guess the wiki doesn't say, so if right. the wiki doesn't say, it can't be true. But, um, yeah, so this dude knows Reiji's from a different world, so maybe he's from a different world, too, because yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> What's this dude's deal? Mashita, would explain huh? why he has Plavsky particles or whatever. Right, yeah, I'm 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 starting to wonder if like he, since he's head of PPSE and discovered Plavsky particles, if Plavsky particles aren't like just a thing he took from Ariane. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, that's the credit scene, and then again we get like three minutes of footage after that. Yeah, Reiji is stuck fighting this like dragon Ultron. It's like a Ultron with like this yellow and uh, green color scheme. It's kind of like the Dragon Gundam from G. Um. He's about, we see Fellaini gets, like, tied up by some other suit from X, I think. And he's about to be crushed by Zomer, who's just basically going to ram that Gao into him. When a big-ass shot rocks from out of frame, and it crashes the Gao. And we see that Mao, Mao shot the Gao. A little mm-hmm. tongue twister for you. But uh, in the flames of the wreckage of the Gao, the ground starts to quake. And we see a fucking ginormous Zaku walk out of it. Yeah, it fucking rules. Oh my god, this is so cool. I love... It, it's animated so long. We'll talk more when we talk to you about the episode itself. I love that it's slow and lumbering. And it is like, you know, moving as if something that big has to move so much slower. It's radical. More more mega-sized gunplot, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's the episode. So, Yuri, I believe you have the summary for episode 12. Yep, yep. We have episode 12. <laughs> Discharge. The mega-sized Zaku has entered the field, but sights are set specifically on the Star Build Strike Gundam. Chairman Mashita fully authorized this, and in the meantime has also been asking about Reggie, confirming that yes, he does know that Reggie's not really from this world. During the battle, Mal and Ricardo join in to help suppress the Zaku's overwhelming artillery and distract the massive Zaku long enough to let the Star Build Strike unleash its ultimate weapon. While it's charging up, it tries to fight back. However, with the help of the Sengoku Astray, who just keeps throwing its swords, and a distant sniper shot that's later revealed to be from the camp for Amazing, the Starbuilt Strike uses the discharge from its rifle to completely destroy this massive Zaku. And at the same time, the match then ends with the required remaining fighters. After the fight, Meiji confronts the chairman about the wild Zaku and gives him the old twisty arm to tell him to never interfere with the fight again. Later on, he confirms that he did fire off the shot because he feels that as Majin, he should be defeating others at their peak, not when the Gundams are already damaged. Reishi goes out for a snack run and Ava throws him some meat buns to pay back for the absurd amount of money he left for taking hers, but then just complains about being cold. When three goons come out and provoke him and they get into a fight. post credit scene ends with Reishi holding his arm. Even though he successfully implied to beat the crap out of those three because he's just that good at fighting. He's holding his arm because it looks like he has taken an injury in the process. 
he just fought so good that he got hurt in the process. You know, just like, he's just smacking wrists. Yeah, he's just kind of kneeling down, holding his arm. He's not, yeah. He doesn't even look battered otherwise. No, I know. It's like, it, 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 it's, it's giving fucking like sports movie to me where everything's going good until, oh no, the hero got injured. How can they play on this? But since this show's not even like halfway done, I think he'll probably end up being fine. Uh, but it, this one starts out with, again, another absolutely delightful Gundam reference where Rambo Rao is running through the empty lobby as the match has already started and he forgot to set an alarm and he just thinks to himself, in the middle of a fight, Rao forgot to fight. He said the line. <laughs> <laughs> he said the line. He didn't even change it. Like, it's barely even relevant to what he just said. God, I love him, he's, though. He's having flashbacks to his previous life. Oh, no. Oh, no. Rao, don't think about it. Um... The giant Zaku is continuing to wreak havoc. The uh, PPSE president loves this. It's an auto-controlled gun plus sent in by the company. Um, the, the president's assistant tells him that Reiji is the pilot of the Star Build Strike. And again, he knows Reiji is from Arion. So he kind of like has the mega-sized Zaku go after him. Because it does get revealed it is a 148-scale mega-sized Zaku 2. And it just starts blasting. Mm-hmm. This would be a wild thing to build. How, that would be like two feet tall. Uh if that. No, probably more than that. God. Uh, the mega size? Um, shit. I actually had the measurements down for this, because... If it's 1 to 48, if the Zaku 2 is 17 and a half meters tall, right? Because the Gundam's 18 meters tall. Uh, or maybe it's 18 and a half and the Gundam's... Eight. The point is, okay, I'm just going to assume 18 meters 2 feet, which is 59.05 feet, 59.05 divided by 48 is 1.23 feet. I think I did that right. So it's like a foot three inches tall. Goddamn. That's a big one. Uh, large and in charge, but it's kicking ass. Um, things are not going well. They can't even damage this thing. Um, Kawaguchi is like really, really pissed about this random thing showing up and ruining the sanctity of the fight. Um, and Alan goes to tell the chairman that. Uh, but the chairman's like, no, it just makes it more fun. Leave it be. We're getting good TV ratings. Um, mm-hmm. He just wanted to make things extravagant and spice things up. It's like a, it's like when they do a Fortnite event and the First Order shows up and tells you Palpatine's alive. It's just like yeah. that. Yeah, they're, we're going to get critical Gundam lore uh, for the TV shows uh, uh, in this uh, Gunpla battle. Uh, <laughs> if you, and... <laughs> There's going to be a new UC anime, and they're going to miss out <laughs> on critical lore. Yeah. God. you got to watch it. Um, everyone kind of sees this and kind of hides away. Like, we see the Argentinian twins. They see the Zaku, and they kind of, like, slink back underwater. They have a really cool Zaku-colored high gog. Um, the Zaku goes after Reiji, of course, like no one else. Um, the chairman's just, like, clapping and cheering for it. And, like, at one point, he asks us, hey, what's that thing called? And she's like, oh, that is the MSO2F Zaku 2. And he's like, ah, go Zaku, go Zaku, go. This guy's. Yeah. A, he's a bit silly, I'd say. A yeah. bit silly with it. Mm. Uh, of course, Reiji and Say like briefly consider uh, retreating, but Say's like, do you really want to retreat? And Reiji's like, fuck no. And Say's like, all right, let's take this thing down. So they try and fight it. Doesn't do that great at first. Like, Nils is watching from afar. Uh, and he thinks it is, you know, futile to fight. 
and he compares them attacking the Zaku to Don Quixote attacking the windmill. But it's not just a windmill that Don Quixote is attacking in his little art. He's attacking another Gundam. This is the most amazing thing I've seen in my entire life. This is this is the Holland one, right? Yeah, the the, the Gundam that Holland always gets to the Gunpla or the Gundam Championship Finals because they just hide. They just don't fight until it's time for the finals to begin. But they never win because they can't fucking fight because they're a big-ass windmill. Just tragic. G Gundam's so good. And that's what <laughs> found out. All the there's, other not really any, there's not really any Gunpla of the other Gundam either. <sighs> I know. Everyone wants it, like, as a joke. And, like, I yeah, it probably wouldn't be that fun of a build if you're just building a windmill mostly. <laughs> Look. I still want it. I've built the real great Zaku. Nothing can be worse than that. Yeah. I want it to come with, like, real cloth inserts so I can, like, tie it to the windmill and have that's it function. All. Yeah, as long as the windmill can spin, then it will be a top seller. Exactly. And it costs um, as much as the Nightingale high grade. I don't care. Mm, yeah, I mean, I do. I did get that high grade, and it is my my crown jewel. I would I would put as much love into the windmill Gundam as I could. Um, the Zaku tosses a f- cracker grenade at the boys, and of course, since it is mega size, it's just like this massive bomb that blows up right in their face, and they face plant after getting hit yeah. with it, and. They're about to get hit with another, but then Fellini and Mao shoot it down and save the day. And um, uh, the gang, they end up, like, all kind of flying up. And they, they're, they're, like, aiming at the head and just nonstop firing on it. And then they kind of, like, it's, like, glowing red. And it kind of, like, swells and bubbles and, like, explodes. And looks kind of gruesome, actually. I, I, I was very put off by how they animate it. Because it's just, like, it's kind of it's nasty a little bit. Um, but they... It blows the head up. It's still going, because, you know, why wouldn't it? Um, Say tells Reiji to discharge, and he kind of, like, twists the control knobs and activates another one of those kind of, like, Plavsky powers that they have. Um, In this, what it does, the kind of yellow diamonds fly out, and they turn red, and they form a kind of, like, window for um, Reiji to shoot into. So he's just, like, he's hanging out. He's charging up. We see the lights kind of sequentially turn on on his beam rifle and the Zaku, you know, of course is firing on him because he's just standing still in the sky. So Fellini comes in with a beam cape to like disperse some of its fire. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. This is the coolest a wing Gundam has ever been. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I you can't, you, you can have a fucking side cape and not have it be so cool. It, it rules. Uh, it's so good. And uh, it's, is this around the point where, uh, Oh, right. Uh, he like the the big Zaku like fires some shoulder missiles at them, or uh-huh. not shoulder missiles, uh, ankle missiles, and uh, they get like interrupted by uh, uh, Neil throwing a katana through them. Yes, so from, the, like, the an- from, yeah, like, f- across the map. Yeah, from across the map. Uh, He's like and- uh, a sword wielder can use melee, or a sword wielder can use range attacks once. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got two swords, so twice. Twice! <laughs> Two swords! Um, this is when the ending starts to play, and I'm like hooting and hollering, because whenever any of those insert songs hit, they hit so hard. Um, Zaku's like leveling the bazooka at the boys, charging, but a beam comes out from nowhere, uh, kind of takes out its stability, so it stumbles a bit, and then Reiji fires his beam into that particle field, and what it does is it turns that one single beam shot into just like this complete barrage of like, Gatling sprays and they're all like beams and it's just like lighting the Zaku up. It starts to glow and 
it like once again bubbles and pops and explodes in a pretty gruesome manner and mm-hmm. everyone hoots and hollers and cheers and saying ragey high five and like this is our gun plus power mm-hmm. it's, also, and it's not the end roll. of the episode also we need to fix the shield ah. yeah yeah things ain't good um the battle royale is at the final third though so thankfully the match ends um and then we, you know, we do see uh, uh, Say and Mao talking and they're like, oh, I have a spare shield. Oh, I have a spare satellite cannon. Oh, Ricardo has spare parts, too. We're all going to be fine. Um, it, it, it's, it's not worried at all. But Ral is very suspicious about all this because, you know, why would a mega size Zaku just show up out of nowhere in the first place? And why did it only go after Say and Reiji? Um, and later we see Nils, who goes to talk with Fellini. Um, you know, Fellini thanks him for the help in the battle. He says, grazie, samurai boy. <laughs> Just some fucking Kronos Dibidichi mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh! GX-type phrases. But um, Nils just brushes him off saying, you know, I just made the... I, all I did was prolong the battle because I want to be able to fight you at your full power. And he got to learn about what the Star Build Strike does. And he figures it out. It just disperses... Or it doesn't disperse beams, it absorbs them and reforms them. So he kind of knows what to worry about because he's going to fight them next. And again, just don't use beams. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. Oh, shit. His suit just uses swords. Uh oh, it's not a good matchup. Uh, yeah. Uh, then uh, we we see like uh, what's his name? The uh, the uh, guy in charge of uh, PPSE. Like, uh, Mashita. Mashita. Uh, Mashita like looking up uh, uh, Reiji's like stats and stuff, and he we get like this thing as he like sinks to himself, and the screen warps as he's like worrying about. Uh, uh, the uh, threat Reiji uh, presents that we don't really know. Yeah, uh, like, it presumably, I mean, the fact, knowledge is power, and I guess just the the existence of someone else from Arion is just going to throw a wrench into whatever plans he has. Mm-hmm. But he still wants his kid dead, so doesn't matter. Because <laughs> uh, when Kawaguchi bursts in and he tells the chairman, he keeps on saying... Please refrain from such selfish actions as he's like gripping his wrist and like trying to break his damn arm off. Yeah. Um, and after saying it for like the third or fourth time, uh, Mashita relents and Kabuki just walks off. And then we get this really weird thing where like Mashita's writhing on the ground in pain. He calls his assistant over and he's like, Make the pain fly away. And she sings this kind of like nursery rhyme children's song as she rubs his wrist. And then he's like, Oh, the pain flew away. Thank you so much. This is weird. Why is he like what? What? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess it's just to prove he's a silly old man who acts like a five-year-old, or at least that's how he's silly. trying to. Uh, at least he's that's how he tries to present himself. Mm. Or maybe it's genuine. It could be both. He's he's funny. He's a funny, silly guy, though. To be sure. Mm. Um, we see Say is really busy working on Star Build and. Reiji's like trying to kind of discreetly sneak out and say just like, oh, can you get me some snacks? I know you're going to go out anyway. <laughs> um, and he, he mentions that he like knows that Luong knows the shield secret, he knows other fighters probably know as well. They might have to use the third system. So we know Absorb, which is what they did in that first episode. We know Discharge, which is what they did in this one. So there is some third system and we don't know what it is yet, but I'm sure it's going to be really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Reiji is shopping. Um, Isla tosses him a bag of cold meat buns to pay him back because of all the change uh, he gave her. And he's like, these are cold. And she's like, I didn't know when you'd show up. Right. Uh, did we mention that uh, that uh, uh, Kawaguchi uh, is like 
he was the one who fired that like mysterious like beam. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And again, he he does the thing of the kind of Sundere. Oh, you know, I wasn't helping them. I just want to be able to fight them at their most powerful, and they can't get damaged in battle before that happens. Whatever, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> you know why you did it. You like the kids. They're good kids. Mm-hmm. Um. And as Reiji and Isla are once again arguing, um, they kind of like, they almost drop the meat buns. They both grab it at the same time. And like, Isla blushes because she's right in front of Reiji's face. And these hoodlums show up, kind of like taunting the couple. He's like, oh, why are you being embarrassed? Don't do it outdoors. And she blushes even harder. And Reiji, and she like is ready to square up with them, right? Like one of the guys pulls out a fucking metal baseball bat. And Reiji's like, no, I'm a square up too. Um... And so I'm thinking there might be some kind of Ragey Isla subplot here. Yeah. Uh, but we get the credits and we see Mashita's assistant afterwards ask him why he's so concerned with Ragey. And he just kind of ignores her. Um, and we learn that he, he had her specifically set Luong up as their first opponent in the um, next set of the tournament. Because, again, he knows that Luong knows the secret of that shield and can beat them. Um and Mashita's like, Reiji can't be the prince, but regardless, I have to get rid of him. And we kind of, as he's saying that, we see uh, Reiji g- gripping his wrist after the battle. So he beat off a dude with a metal baseball bat, and all he got was, like, an ouchie on his wrist. Mm-hmm. But without a good wrist, how's, he's gonna, how's he gonna pilot the, the, the fucking glowy knobs? Mm-hmm. This, is, this, is not, this is not bode well. But that's the episode. It's kind of a interesting ending. But regardless, mm-hmm. halfway through. Yeah. Halfway through. I think this is... Since this is, like, my first time... Unicorn is only eight episodes, because, again, there's, like, seven OVAs and then the movie. But, like, it's weird saying halfway through so early on, because, like, every other series is, like, a roughly 50-episode deal. So it's mm-hmm. nice that it's kind of a little more abbreviated, I guess. Shorter and yeah. shorter. Yeah. Fighters Try is also, like, a couple thousand episodes, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think all of the build series are, like, around 25-ish. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, you know, it's not, like, a... F- I guess that's why people don't really count them as, like, full Gundam series a lot of the time, because they're, like, it's, like, the Gunpla shows. They're kind of in, like, a little bit different group, but I count it. Yeah. Because Gunpla is freedom. Gunpla is freedom. Um, And also, what is also freedom is Beyond Toon World. All right. You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Toon So I I accidentally stumbled into a gold mine this time. Mm-hmm. Um because I figured, oh, we get to see a lot of cool stuff about Ricardo Fellini this week. Let's talk about him. Uh, well, it turns out Ricardo Fellini's voice actor is number seven in popularity on myanimelist.com. Uh, or, I'm sorry, on behindthevoiceofactors.com, my favorite website. So we're talking today about Yuichi Nakamura, who is, again, absurdly successful and wildly popular right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born February 20th, 1980 in Aji, Kagawa, Japan. Uh, the little blurb on Wikipedia cracked me up. He is characterized by his calm and clear voice and mainly plays roles ranging from teenage boys to men in their 30s. <laughs> Great stuff, man. <laughs> um, his first notable anime role is in a show from 2001 called Deno Bokenki Webdiver. as three characters, Griffin, Ligaon, and Rada, which, you know, notable enough. He's, so he's been doing anime for like a little over 20 years now. Um, in 2006, Black Lagoon fucking wild shoulder member he was agent sugar and meyer uh pretty early on in his career he's another gundam character uh because in 2007's gundam double o he plays graham aker and i understand that's a main character or 
a very important character, at least, because I've heard that name a lot. Um, in 2008's Macross Frontier, he plays Alto Saotome. In 2008, in Bleach, he played Tessera Lindo Cruz, which is just a fucking... That is such a Tite Kubo-ass name. Um, in 2008 Street Fighter IV, he voiced Fei Long, who I could never get the hang of, but I tried. Because I was like, oh, this guy's like Bruce Lee, fuck yeah. I could never do it. Um, I sort of managed to. That was one of the only characters I could main in Street Fighter Four. Hell yeah. I like Blanca a lot. Blanca was always fun to me. Uh, in 2008's different fighting game, Blast Blue Calamity Trigger, he played Hazama, and he's playing Hazama in like every Blaze Blue since then. In the anime of Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Brotherhood, he plays Greed, which is a really big, really, that, that's mm-hmm. when I was like, oh shit, this guy's like big time. Um, I'm watching, I'm showing my wife Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood for the first time, and it is, God, what a, what a good show that is. She, she's like very much offline, so when we got to the fourth episode with the, you know, everyone knows it, uh, she didn't know what that was, and she got genuinely mad at me. <laughs> and i had to i had to be like katie katie it's fine like it, it the show doesn't get that bad again uh so she was she's a little distrustful but back into it it's good it's fine very fair um, though very fair oh yep yeah, that's that's the fucking horrifying thing to I, I do feel a little bad for making her watch it without worrying her a little bit but like mm-hmm. it, it you know everyone went through that back then <laughs> And it, all it's really making me do is wanting to watch O3 again, because that three, that show is really good. Uh, let's see. In 2009, once again, in Final Fantasy 13, a game that me and 10 other people like, uh, he was Sid Reigns in 2009. Also, an anime that I watched a lot of and completely fell off because I realized, oh, this kind of sucks. Uh, fairy Tale, he voiced Grey Full Buster. But God, I watched so much Fairy Tale. Um, let's see. In 2010... Show of Durarara, he voiced Kyohei Kadota. In 2010, not award-winning, notable dog shit game Final Fantasy XIV, the regular one. Um, he was apparently one of the male hewer voices you could pick. Uh-huh. Which is kind of funny. Um, in 2010, Gintama, he voiced Sakata Kintoki. In 2012, Initial D, fifth stage, he voiced Rin Hojo. In the 2013 Pokemon anime, he voiced N. I love N. He's like one of the best Pokemon characters because he's actually a character. And his full name is Natural Harmonia Gropius. And people don't realize that enough. Um, let's see. In 2013, Log Horizon, he voiced William Massachusetts. Good-ass name. Um, here's one for the gamers. In award-winning video game Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, is, is he voices in the Japanese version, Thancred. This is Thancred. This is Thancred. Ricardo Fellini is Thancred. Uh... In 2013, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle, and then later on in the Eyes of Heaven game, he voices Narciso Anasui. Uh-huh. Diver down. Of course, 2013 Gundam Build Fighter sees Ricardo Fellini. In 2014 show of Haikyuu, he voices Tetsuro Kuro, who is the... I th- he's not the ace of the Nekoma team, but he's the guy with the cool black hair. I like him a lot. Um, maybe he is the ace. Fuck, it's been a while since I read Haikyuu. In 2015's Great Ace Attorney... He voices none other than Kazuma Asogi. And obviously he voices Asogi in the other one, too. Uh, 2015's One Punch Man. He was Moo Man Rider. Everyone's favorite bicycle hero who just gets his shit kicked in so hard all the time. Mm. Um, Love that guy. He's great. He's so fun. Uh, 2015's Fire Emblem Fates. He voices Ryoma, a.k.a. the Lobster Man from Hoshido. Um, 
Hey, speaking of Xenoblade X, that I don't remember if that was on the recording or not, in Xenoblade X 2015, he voices Gwyn, who's one of your party members. Um, he did do a little bit of uh, tokusatsu, tokusatsu and live-action shows, uh, the most notable of which is he played Ultraman X in 2015's Ultraman X. Um, in 2016's ReZero, starting Life in Another World, he was Reinhard Van Astrea. Uh, he was Silot in the 2016 weird 3D Berserk. In uh, 2016 as well, Final Fantasy XV, a game me and 10 other people like, uh, he voiced Rivas Nox Fleure, who's a, well, he's a huge character, all right. I don't really think anything in that game is that good, but he's fun. Um, 2016, Yakuza 6, and all the future Yakuza games, he's Jungi Han. Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. He's great. Um, 2016, Gundam Unicorn, Re-0096, he's Nigel Garrett. Uh, I want to say Nigel Garrett's one of, like, the regular Tri-Stars. The guys who are, like, kind of cool. Let's see. Yeah, he's one of the Tri-Stars. Like, the Londo Bell Tri-Stars. Um, who's not quite as fun as the Black Tri-Stars, but, like, they kind of grew on me because they just have swag. Um, also, 2016 Gundam Thunderbolt, he voices the main character, E.O. Fleming. Or one of two opposite main characters. And in 2017, a video game that I recently realized isn't that great, Xenoblade 2, he voices Malos, who's the main antagonist. Uh-huh. A very Tetsuya Nomura-ass design, if ever there was one. But he kind of, like, didn't do any belts for that game. He just kind of drew, like, really cool blades of armor instead. So they look badass. Um, as any modern voice actor does in 2018, he was Popoko in an episode of Pop Teen Epic. Um, <laughs> of course. Oh, uh, Yeah. And then we got some uh, big hitters in 2018's Joseph's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Golden Wind. He was none other than everyone's favorite zipper man, Bruno Bucciolati. Mm. Uh, 2018 as well, another big year for him, Jujutsu Kaisen. He's Gojo. He's everyone's favorite blue-eyed beauty. Uh, in 2019 anime of Dr. Stone, he is Sukasa Shishio, the strongest middle schooler, or whatever the fuck his title was. Um... And most notably, most recently, I guess, in 2022, Spy Family, he voices Daybreak. Mm-hmm. And that is a good amount of Yuichi Nakamura's most notable roles. But again, this guy's been in fucking everything for like the last 20 years. So chances are, if you've seen it, he's been in it. So that's that's Beyond Toon World. He's Pretty big one this week. In original, let's see. Mm. Yeah, he, I kind of noticed that because uh, I played All-Star Battle, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the original like PS3 release. So it's like, uh-huh. And then I... Knows that his different voice actor for the anime, and apparently he got the role now for All Star Battle R. Hell yeah! I guess another reason to finally pick up All Star Battle R because yeah, I I really wanted to because I never had a PS3. I played Eyes of Heaven a ton, but like those two games are completely different. Yeah, it's a little it? more um, Dissidia. I liked Dissidia. A lot of people didn't. But I, I feel like, for me, I always get drawn into fighting games if I, like, know the roster well. Like, if it's something, like, like the fucking, um, what is it, the Gundam, Gundam EX versus Maxi Boost on. I was just like, oh, hell yeah, I know Gundam. And it's like, I'm not that good at the game. I don't play it that much. But, like, it's fun when I do play it because I know the suits and everything. It's literally Wild Cool Robot. It's Wild, it's wild Cool JoJo's. That's why I want to play all the PS2 Gundam games. Cause it's like, damn, cool robots. Yeah, God, let FromSoft do another Gundam game, please. They did the Unicorn game. I wanna... They can. They did a, I guess it might have been Japan only. It came out like halfway through the Unicorn's releases, so I think it only goes up to like the third or fourth episode of the OVAs, but like FromSoftware, the makers of Dark Souls, d- 
developed a Gundam game, which is kind of a wild thing to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I, also I, a Mystery Dungeon Gundam game that only came out what? on uh, Japanese mobile devices, and it's in danger of being erased because no one's been able to dump dungeon. it. Holy shit! Yeah, it's uh, UC based, but it is a full fledged Mystery Dungeon game. That's so funny. I love the Mystery Dungeon games. I still hold that Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Sky is like the best Pokemon game ever released. It's just such a fun gameplay style. One of my girlfriends has been playing through Sharon, and I want to get that on PC because it looks so fun. Oh, I remember like an old Nintendo Power I read that had like Sharon the Wander, and I was like, what is this? Damn. You make another one. Bandai, get FromSoft to make Mystery Dungeon Gundam game. Mystery, <laughs> mystery, mystery, mystery Gungeon. Mm-hmm. Mystery Gundam. I'm going to rotate if, that in my head a little bit. If it's like a mix of Mystery Dungeon and like how Emma Saga plays with mixing parts, then mm. I would pre-order Oh that. my I have, god. I have, Just like how when you're a ghost type Mystery Dungeon, you can pass through walls. If you die and you're a new type, you can pass through walls too. You can float around as a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that would erase the whole thing of the SOS system, but <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. Or I'm just gonna go through it, this wall. Whoop! <laughs> or make it extremely broken. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but that's what we got for today. Uh, now is the time that we will go over our plugs. Where can we find us on the internet, Yuria? Uh, I don't know how much longer Twitter is going to last, but I am Yuria. Yep. Yuria, I have Twitter, and I'm on co-host at just Yuria. Mm-hmm. I've got no other plugs yet, but I've possibly got plans coming up, so we'll see you next time. Ooh, fun. Dan? Uh, I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places. You can visit biggerchallenge.cart.co, and you can find my Twitter there. You can find my co-host there. Uh, uh, you can find my Tumblr, which I'm using a lot more lately, uh, and my art Tumblr, which I'm going to start using more because I... Recently decided to start a 30-day art challenge. Uh, uh, you can listen to my other podcasts, which include Pod of Greed. Max is on it. Uh, yeah. uh, we uh, are making our way through Season 4. Uh, we only have six, le- six episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX left to uh, record episodes about. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh 2023, we start GF, or we start 5Ds. Uh, you can listen to the Sonic Shuffle, a Sonic lore podcast. Uh, on the day of this recording, I got around to uploading episode 99, in which we talked about Knuckles Chaotix, as well as a couple other uh, uh, little classic games, uh, little classic Sonic games. And uh, coming up will be our 100th episode, in which we talked about uh, the uh idw series bad guys because devin is obsessed with dr starline uh, uh <laughs> entirely fair dr starline is pretty good he's a great character uh you can listen to video games the movie the podcast a video game movie review podcast i do with maxi uh or my friend maxi unrelated to max uh we uh our most recent episode we brought emory on to uh, talk about Pokemon the first movie, aka Mewtwo Strikes Back. And our next recording, which will be next week, uh, we will be talking about uh, uh, 
the Professor Layton animated film, Professor Layton and the Eternal Diva. Fuck yeah. Uh, oh, uh, last thing to plug, uh, at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. Uh, mm, what we got coming up? Um, well, yesterday I wrote, happy Gextra Life Xbox. Uh, That's true. We don't sell. I do not celebrate Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving oh, it sucks. Uh, oh, there is one, uh, one more November holiday coming up. Uh, happy George H.W. Bush Death Day Xbox on November 30th when he, uh, Hell yeah. when he, uh, he failed no, no November and his balls exploded. <laughs> what a uh, truly momentous occasion. Yeah. Uh, also, congratulations yeah. on the, you got some pretty good reception on plucking Pot of Greed on Dexter Life yesterday. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, uh, that's it for me. I do have, I actually did remember one plug. Uh, yeah. Because speaking of Dexter Life, we got confirmation that the two more, like a couple more weeks, and yeah, Six Feet Under Mouse campaign going to finish by the end of the year. Awesome. So look forward to that in the next few weeks. Hell yeah. Uh, and I'm Max. You can go to Twitter at MaxiBajillion to follow me. My Tumblr is also MaxiBajillion because I've been using that a lot as well. Um, my co-host is also MaxiBajillion, but I haven't like set any of that shit up, though. So it'll be like a blank profile or whatever the equivalent of it is. Um, and as Dan mentioned, I'm on Pod of Greed. It's a really fun Yu-Gi-Oh! show. 2023 year, 5D's nuts. And you can listen to Soppers Only, a video game music show and podcast. It's on hiatus, but there's a lot of fun episodes. And eventually we'll be able to do a full, like, tournament of all those games. And if um, I don't get Chrono Trigger on that list by then, I'll be really sad. Uh, and that's it, I think. Oh, yeah. And thank you, of course, to Noisepace.xyz for hosting this show. You can go there. You can listen to many shows, including this one, which is on Twitter. Well, cool podcast. Join our Discord. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Yuri, you're about the week was last week, right? Yeah, I did the, the yeah last yeah, week. I, I think it's right. my turn for robot. It of the is week. your turn, Dan. What is the robot hmm. of the week? Well, uh, hmm. Uh, knowing that I can pick a Gundam robot or just about any robot, you can pick literally anything. Uh, I think. Well, I'm looking at my Steam games, and I've got Fallout New Vegas open. Or uh, so or so. I'm gonna go with. Uh, uh, and an underrated uh, New Vegas robot, uh, Prim Slim. Uh, Prim Slim is a tour guide for the uh, ruins of uh, the Vicky and Vance Casino. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, he he gives like all sorts of. He's he's a cowboy robot. He wears like a little hat and a pair of I boots. I love his little hat. He had the boot. I forgot about the fucking boots on this guy. Yeah. He's secretly one of the most powerful NPCs in the video game. Uh, and uh, if you, uh, depending on how you choose to uh, play out the uh, quest, uh, uh, how you choose to play out the uh, quest for, for uh, is it, yeah, Prim, uh, you can make him the sheriff of Prim after the old one uh, died off screen. <laughs> God, Prim Slim's fun. Yeah. More, more robots should wear cool boots and a funny hat. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally just reinstalled New Vegas last night, so <laughs> very appropriate. Hell yeah. Uh, and that will do it for us this week. Thank you all for tuning in to another wonderful show. And don't forget, as we always say, buy our toys. Wow. Cool robot. P.
Peach. Peach. Do I say Peach on this show? I know I say on Pot of Greed. Whatever. I Bye. Think, you know, you yeah, go out. Bye. <laughs>